Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Dear listeners, you would probably do almost anything to be healed of a terrible disease or disability, wouldn't you? I see it when people suffer through the side effects of radiation or chemotherapy to fight cancer. Sometimes people will even travel to a faraway place to be treated by a renowned doctor, even at great financial expense. In Mark 2, 1 through 12, a paralytic was brought to Jesus Christ by his four friends. They went through great effort to get Christ's attention, and Christ gave them a two-for-one deal. They only came for healing, but they first received forgiveness and then healing. Jesus Christ used the healing of the paralytic to show that he has authority to forgive sins. Jesus had been healing people all over Galilee, and people were flocking to him. The miracles supported Christ's preaching about being the promised one who came to heal all ills and to remove the cause of all misery, that is, sin. When Christ returned to Capernaum, word spread that he was back. Soon the house was filled to capacity with people spilling out the door. A paralyzed man wanted to be healed by Jesus. But when his four friends carried him to the house, there was no way they could get into the house. But they were desperate, so they became inventive and decided to lower their paralytic friend through the roof. People will do almost anything to be healed. Somehow the friends got the paralytic on the roof, and then the friends started to burrow their way through the beams, branches, mud, and tiles of which the roof was made. Slowly, a hole appeared, which became bigger and bigger. Then they used ropes to lower their buddy on his mat through the hole and put him right smack in front of Jesus. This would have captured the attention of everyone in the house. It's noteworthy that the Gospels do not record any words spoken by the men, and it's safe to say that they didn't speak to Jesus. Sometimes actions speak louder than words. I picture the paralytic looking up at Jesus from his mat with a look of great expectation in his eyes, which said, Please, Jesus, heal me. It says that Jesus saw their faith, not just the faith of the paralytic, but also the faith of his four buddies, who were looking down through the hole, waiting for the miracle of healing. If the four friends did not believe that Jesus could help the paralytic, they would have refused to go through all the effort of lowering him through the roof. Do we have this kind of faith in Christ? The faith that Christ can provide for all our needs and can help us in times of trouble? Do we persevere in our faith like these men? Everyone was waiting with suspense to see what Jesus would do. Then Christ said, Son, your sins are forgiven. This was not what anyone expected to hear, certainly not the men who had come for a healing. Christ, however, had not come into the world only to heal illnesses. 
He came to conquer the cause of all human misery, which is sin. The paralytic and his four friends would get a two-for-one deal. The original Greek has the word forgiven up front in the sentence. Son, forgiven are your sins. This adds emphasis to Christ's declaration. And notice, too, the compassion expressed in this statement when Christ addressed the paralytic as son. When a father addresses his child as son, ears perk up, and there is a sense that this is important. It also conveys that there is a special relationship of love and compassion. The paralytic was a child of God whom Christ had come to save, and Christ spoke with the authority and compassion of his Father in heaven. It's striking that the first recorded person in the Gospel of Mark to receive forgiveness from Christ in Capernaum was this paralytic. The paralytic was someone who could not even approach Christ in his own strength. I think there's a message in that for us today. It tells us that receiving forgiveness from Christ is totally a matter of grace. We receive forgiveness only by grace through faith, apart from any works of our own. The fact that Christ began by extending forgiveness means that Christ gave the paralytic the most important gift— It also means that this encounter was meaningful for more than just the paralytic. If all Christ had done was heal the paralytic, the paralytic and his friends certainly would have gone home happy, but there wouldn't have been anything in it for the friends. But when Christ extended forgiveness to the paralytic, there was also a message for the four friends. All five had faith. Christ saw their faith and Christ's declaration to the paralytic about forgiveness by implication applied to the four friends too. Moreover, this is also true for the believing bystanders. They may not have needed physical healing, but they needed forgiveness, and everyone who comes to Christ in faith receives forgiveness of sins. We today need forgiveness too, and by grace through faith we receive forgiveness. Everyone at that house had to look beyond the miracles of healing Christ performed to the greatest miracle of all, that is, the miracle of the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness is God's greatest gift to us. Do you see why this encounter between Christ and the paralytic is so comforting for us today? Eventually, the healed paralytic would die. But forgiveness goes with a believer even in the hour of death. Some of you may have loved ones who are very sick and perhaps even dying, maybe because of COVID-19. Christ doesn't always answer prayers for healing, but he does give believers the promise of eternal life through the forgiveness of sins. Christ gives the life that is truly life, and Christ gives us the prospect of life in perfection in heaven and later on the new earth. What was the reaction of the teachers of the law who were observing all this? They were questioning it in their hearts. They weren't saying it out loud, but they were thinking it. Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? They did not recognize Jesus as the Son of God, 
And therefore, they did not realize that Jesus spoke about forgiveness because he is God. They were so close to the truth, but so far from it. Their thoughts revealed their disdain for Jesus because they referred to Jesus as this man. All it literally says in Greek is the word this. Another translation has this fellow. You taste the disdain. Then Christ proved the very thing the teachers of the law rejected, his divinity, by being able to read their minds. As Mark 2, 8, 9 says, And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? or to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk. They were thinking that it was easier for Christ to say, your sins are forgiven, than to heal the man from paralysis. Why? Well, because forgiveness isn't verifiable, since that is done in heaven. But healing is verifiable on earth. They would be able to see whether the paralytic got up and walked. But it was not easier for Christ to forgive the paralytic than to heal the paralytic, because Christ would have to suffer and die on the cross to obtain forgiveness for people. It was only then that Jesus healed the paralytic. Jesus did it to prove that he is divine and has authority to forgive sins. We read, But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. Notice carefully that Christ healed the paralytic by referring to himself as Son of Man. The teachers of the law saw Christ only as this fellow, but Christ raised the bar by calling himself Son of Man the teachers of the law would have understood that this was a reference to the messianic vision of Daniel chapter 7, in which Daniel saw one like a son of man, as it says, who approached the Ancient of Days and received an everlasting dominion. Christ was identifying himself as this son of man. Christ is the promised Messiah who is true God and true man. This is the first occurrence of the messianic title, Son of Man, in the Gospel of Mark. And look, the paralytic got up, picked up his mat, and walked out before their very eyes. God the Father in heaven allowed Jesus to perform this miracle, thereby backing up the words of Jesus. We read that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. They had seen other miracles, but this was different because this was the first time Christ used a healing to show that he has authority to forgive sins. The healing followed the granting of forgiveness because forgiveness is our most basic need. The paralytic and his friends received a two-for-one deal. Christ suffered and died on the cross for our sins, and by grace through faith we have the forgiveness of all our sins. And that opens up for us a whole new world where there will be no disability, no sickness, 
no burdens of life, no death, and no sorrow. That's good news. Thanks for listening.